You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. morning, Chicago. You are listening to Fully Alive, the radio program of the Office of Human Dignity and Solidarity at the Archdiocese of Chicago. I'm Dawn Fitzpatrick, your host, and along with me, my co-host, my co-worker, Ray Pingoy. Good morning, everyone. So exciting to be back for another Fully Alive radio program. Yes, it's a gift to always be here and uh, uh, join you, Dawn, in this uh, great radio program that we have here. Yes, and you know, last month, we started uh, kind of a series yeah, of what we, what, what we wanted to turn into a series. Um, and so we're going to make it a series, right? So yeah. today will be <laughs> part two of the series. Yes. Um, and what we're going to try to do for a few months is um, to kind of walk everyone through the teachings of John Paul II in his writings of Theology of the Body. Yeah, and it, it is a great gift in studying this. Um, praise be to God, we're able to 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 do this uh, series in this radio show. But yeah, it's going to be a, a long journey with us. And last uh, session that we had, we were getting to know who this person is that wrote this uh, theology of the body, this great reflection, this great catechesis uh, of the book of Genesis uh, of, of who we are, right? Right. And so Dawn talked to us about a little bit of her experience with uh, JP2 and uh, in her growing up. And and um, I remember the, the black and white TV that you were mentioning there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> watching watching the um, procession after uh, Pope Paul VI died in 1978. Yeah. And it really is a, a great gift for us to get to know this saint, Saint uh, John Paul II. And he gave us this beautiful reflection, this beautiful catechesis that we now know as the theology of the body Mm -hmm. and how appropriate it is for us to be talking about this in a radio program called Fully Fully Alive. Alive. That's right. Right. And it is a great invitation to that fullness of life that Jesus invites us to. And this session, I'd like to say this session is a great reminder of God's love for us, the the Mm -hmm. great uh, reminder of how awesome God is and and that, uh, that he loves us. Yes, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, last session, we went through kind of a, a biography, if yeah. you will, of, of um, Carol Wojtyla, who became Pope John Paul II, St. John Paul II, um, and some of the very significant things that happened in his life, along with some of the really significant things that he did as a pope, mm-hmm. especially in the earlier years. Um, <clears throat> we got up to uh, just, you know, of course, we talked about his death and his uh, canonization, but the highlight um, there were kind of two highlights of his papacy that we covered, and one was how he uh, he went to Poland in a time where it was illegal to be Catholic, it was illegal to preach, and he held nine really huge rallies. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a result, the labor union was basically born, um, and a lot of people have you know credited John Paul II with the end of, of yeah. communism, which is really kind of exciting that he was able to convince the, the Polish people to stand up for their Christianity, for their faith, for their identity. Yes, yeah. Um, and, and then, you know, he had already 
basically written a book that he wasn't he was told yeah, not yeah. to publish. So instead, he decided to deliver a series of five years of Wednesday evening catechesis mm-hmm. um, that he entitled "Man and Woman." He created them, a theology of the body. Right. And we've decided that that's just called theology of the body now, and that's. By popular demand, that's what we all call it, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and it is. Uh, it really did. He didn't just sit down and and start writing this, uh, but it was a story that was unfolding in his mm-hmm. life through the Holy Spirit that that was opening this up, and and his eyes were opening up, and he was starting to write this. And one of the great quotes is I remember him saying in one of those solidarity um, rallies that he had. Mm-hmm. He said, you, and he reminded his Polish uh, brothers and sisters, you are not who they say that you are. Let me remind you of, of who you are. And he's speaking now in this language of the theology of the body, this, this language that he gifts us with, the theology of the body, meaning there's a study of God theology that's revealed through <clears throat> the way he made us, revealed through the way God made us in our bodies. Right, right. So, I mean, he, he speaks of how we... Um, we have a we basically have forgotten who we are that mm-hmm. it's written on our hearts mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we're always called in that direction and we know we're being pulled somewhere i mean everyone feels this longing mm-hmm. um you know was it henry nowen that talked about the holy not longing mm-hmm. so a lot of authors a lot of theologians philosophers have written about this longing that you feel but john paul ii actually said you know it's a longing for the way it originally was yeah. the way that god originally created us that we know it's there, it's written on our hearts, but we're not quite sure what it is. Yeah, and it's it's that echo, right? We it's hear it. Mm-hmm. We hear it. It's here. Even through original sin, even through all the things that, that us uh, as human beings have gone through, we still know what's right. Yep. And we crave it. <clears throat> and we crave it. And John Paul II actually put a label on that, and he called it spiritual amnesia. Yeah, yeah. So if you can imagine, I remember when I was a kid, we, we would always, I would always be fascinated with those soap operas and stories when <laughs> right. somebody would hit their head and then they would wake up and they had no idea who they were. Yeah. They didn't know anybody. They didn't know anything. But for some reason, they could still speak English. Right. But they didn't know anything <laughs> else. They had amnesia. Yeah. And then they needed someone to remind them of who they were, to remind them of where they'd been and what their plan was in life. This is what God is doing for us, mm-hmm. is, is he's trying to help us wake up and remember his original plan for us. Yeah. We've gone through something tra- tra- traumatic. Yes. Uh, maybe hit uh, over the head with a rock or something, and we've we've forgotten. We've forgotten who we are. And then and then we see a picture, and we smell uh, a particular type of flower that we that we remember. And then it brings us back into our past. It brings us sure. back into our fullness of uh, the story. And that's what we're going to get into in this session. Mm-hmm. And mind you, we only have a. a, a not not that long of a time here uh, for this session, but you know we have to we have to start somewhere. And John Paul II reminds us that let's take a step back and look at the fullness of the story. Yeah, because we're, sometimes we forget that we're in uh, a lot of action. In, you know, if we're watching a movie, we're in like the middle part of the movie. There's a lot of bombs. There's a lot of missiles. There's a lot of explosions happening all around us. And then it's it's easy for us to kind of shrug and say, yeah, this is this is life. This is what it is. It's just chaotic. It's it's crazy. I I don't know what to do, right? But John Paul II reminds us, hey, take a step back. There's a beginning part of mm-hmm. this movie mm-hmm. that sets up where you are now, and but wait, there's also the beautiful ending, the invitation to where you belong. But then he also says, but right now we're living in the middle of it. Yeah. And if you don't remember the beginning and you don't know where you're going. It's confusing. Oh, my gosh. How confusing yeah. is that? I mean, we've often talked about what it would be like to walk into the middle of a movie. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. So you walk into the middle oh, of man, the movie yeah. and all this chaos is happening and people are yelling at each other and it's just a miserable time. People are scared. But you don't know anything about the people. You don't right. know where they came from. You don't know what their original life was like. You just know that some, there's some kind of crazy chaos. Yeah. And then. All of a sudden, you decide, "Oh, I'm going to leave right now." So you don't know where they were going. <laughs> I mean, how right. how great would you think that movie was? Not right. so much, right? My mom does that all the time, and this <laughs> annoys me every single time that she does it. I'm into like romantic comedies. Don't judge me, but <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. But, my husband likes those too. Yeah, and so usually my mom would just 
come in and, and sit down with me and she's in the middle of the movie and this character's complaining, this character's crying, this character's doing this and it doesn't make sense. Yeah. But I'm like, mom, you didn't see the beginning part of the movie where they're developing the, the characters and, and this guy was in love with her and blah, 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 you know? It's no wonder she's all upset right now. Right, no wonder. Right. And we're all guilty of that in a sense of some forgetting that there's a beautiful beginning to it. And John Paul II reminds us of that in his catechesis, in this catechesis of the theology of the body. Right, right. So, you know, it's, it's interesting. So we'll just, let's just, let's just talk about theology of the body for yeah, a minute. Yeah. So it's um, 129 talks that started, um, what, in 1979 mm-hmm. and went until 1984 on Wednesday evenings. And if you can imagine, nobody goes every single Wednesday to, yes. to their CCD class, right? Except me. I was, I'm just kidding. No, I For five probably, years. I probably missed one or two. Yeah. <laughs> um, especially if it's, you know, in, in St. Peter's Square. Yeah. And there are thousands upon thousands of people there. It's not going to be the same thousand upon thousand every Wednesday. Yeah. So, so we know in our, you know, 2020 hindsight that um, lovely St. John Paul II didn't really intend it for those people. Mm, yeah. He intended this catechesis for now, for right. those of us that can look back on it holistically and say, wow, real, this was a gem. This was really something important. So so he, he started in 1979, and one of the first teachings that he had was he, he was talking about um, a verse from, from the 19th chapter of Matthew, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so you want to read that? Yeah, us? actually, yeah. The, the, uh, um, all these people were, were kind of rejecting what he was saying, questioning him about divorce. And in chapter 19 of Matthew, he goes into this in verse 8. He has this great, uh, uh, I guess, comeback when he says in verse 8. He said to them, Because of your hardness of your hearts, Moses allowed you to divorce your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. And I highlight that because this is the diving board that John Paul II uses for us to dive deeper into who we are. Right. Dive deeper into how God made us. In the beginning, it was not so. Because of the hardness of your hearts, Moses allowed all these 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 rules or these laws or even made some new ones to make sure that we're still heading towards the right way. Mm-hmm. But only because of the hardness of your hearts. But in the beginning, it was not so. Right. So so that was with the, the Pharisees were trying to catch, yeah. catch him up. Of course, if you went back even before that, they, were, they always like to try to make Jesus look dumb. Right. Yeah. So they said to him, well, Lord, you know, what are you what are you saying about divorce? Because Moses allowed it. Right. 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 And then his answer basically was in the beginning. It was not so. So that's when he spends a whole lot of time. Mm-hmm. St. John Paul II kind of looking back at what Jesus meant by that. And taking us back to um, the Garden of Eden, and taking us back to the first and second and third chapters of Genesis. Yeah, I believe it was uh, out of uh, what is it, uh, Don? One hundred and twenty-nine talks. Mm-hmm. Out of one hundred twenty-nine talks, I believe it was seventy-four or, or seventy-nine of those talks deal with him saying, "In the beginning was not so." Going in back into the the creation story. Sure. So it's, it was a big chunk of the it was. theology. I mean, of the body. this was a big part. So if you tried to. Look at there's three sections um, to theology of the body. The first one is the biggest. Yeah, and yeah. and it seems to be written in um, like a, a, a rounds. You know, it's written in circles. Yeah. So that's right. Yes, it, 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 and you start to look at it, and you're like, wait a minute, I feel like I'm in a tunnel here <laughs> because he keeps saying the same thing and reminding us what he said. And blah, 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 blah. I remember so, when yeah. I was younger, I and I picked up the theology of the body. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard about this. I I um I read a little bit of articles about this. I'm gonna read it, and I read it from front to back, and it was confusing because <laughs> it really is. And plus, he makes up big words, and I'm like, <laughs> I need a, I need a dictionary. Well, first and foremost, he was a philosopher. <laughs> yeah. to remember that he he was an incredible theologian, but his background was philosophy. Mm-hmm. So he his first um the first thing I re- I remember about him was was uh, love and responsibility, which That's was right. incredible philosophy yeah. that he wrote um just to explain to young people. What it what it means, what love is, mm-hmm. and what what God intended for us, and and the great responsibility He gave us in entrusting it to us. Yeah. So unfortunately, a lot of people don't uh, they don't hold themselves accountable to that responsibility. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, back to theology of the body. 
Yeah. So okay. So he gets into this, and um, we're we're gonna tackle a, a couple of more of these points that he talks about in the very beginning regarding the original experience, mm-hmm. the original experience of man. So he gets into it. Uh, we'll, we'll cover maybe one or two of these things. The first, ori- uh, the first experience is original solitude, and then the second one is original uh, uh, unity. And then the la- last part of it, which we will tackle in a different uh, session here, will, will be original nakedness and in, uh, original innocence. Mm-hmm. But going back to that original solitude part of it. Before that, though, a lot of people kind of get confused. And, uh, you know, I, I talk to young people and they're like, yeah, but Mr. Ray, uh, how, how, do, how do we know? How, how does the, the book of Genesis know what to write? Because, I mean, no <laughs> one was there, right? You know, that, that question. Well, of course, we we know that. You know, I often explain when I'm talking about it that it's kind of like campfire stories, Mm, right? It was all based in truth, but it was handed down from family to family. I don't think families sit around and tell stories of their origin the way that they used to. (laughs) But they didn't have TV and they didn't have the internet, right? Yeah. So, but but I do remember going to Girl Scout camp and we would tell stories, and it was always kind of fun, like legends and Mm -hmm. things like that. But th- but this is this is how um, it was passed down from family to family, like around the campfire, and they this is how they educated each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was written in that way. It was written as a, as a poetry, not like as mm-hmm. a history book. Mm-hmm. And uh, JP two actually says this in uh, in covering, tr- starting to explain what exactly this gift of the Book of Genesis reveals to us. He says this term myth does not refer to a fictitious content or something made up but simply to an, an archaic way of expressing a deeper mm-hmm. content to it. So it's really funny because the naysayers will say, oh, well, the Bible's a myth. Right. Yeah. And we'll say, well, sir, some of it is. You're right. Mm-hmm. But, that's, but that's a little different than the, the modern understanding of the word myth. But yeah. um, I would imagine it's time for us to take a break. Yes? Okay, they're nodding at me. So let's take a break, and then we, we'll come back and we'll unpack a little bit more about this incredible theology of the body. I heard mercy call my name the sun away When you think of the word neighbor, warm and friendly thoughts come to mind. Think of smiles across the yard, positive wishes, and looking out for one another on an ongoing basis. Catholic Charities Neighbors in Need Fund inspires all of these and much more. We've seen an unprecedented number of requests for assistance this year from people who have never needed help before. When you make your gift to the Neighbors in Need Fund, you are igniting hope in the lives of your most vulnerable neighbors, especially individuals and families who continue to struggle to put food on the table and keep a roof over their heads. Your gift will give them the resources they need to overcome the unexpected, very serious circumstances in which they find themselves now. Give online at catholiccharities.net or call 312-948-6087. That's 312-948-6087. Catholic Charities Neighbors in Need Fund. Thank you for helping build a world of kindness, one neighbor to another. We invite you to watch Catholic Chicago this weekend, featuring a conversation with Cardinal Blaise Supich and video highlights from across the archdiocese. Here's host Todd Williamson. We'll talk with Cardinal Blaise Supich about ongoing efforts to safely reopen churches and schools. We'll take you to a drive-in mass, one of the more creative ways to worship during the COVID-19 pandemic. And we'll hear from our new priests, men who were recently ordained to serve the Archdiocese of Chicago. Watch Catholic Chicago Friday at 7 p.m. on Chicago Loop Cable, Channel 25, and Sunday afternoon at 3 on the Comcast Network, Channel 100. Catholic Charities Divine Affair home tasting parties are going virtual. This year marks the 20th anniversary of Divine Affair, the elegant wine tasting event that benefits our self-sufficiency programs. Low-income single parents with dependent children are trying to break the cycle of welfare and poverty. Today, the need is greater than ever as the COVID-19 pandemic has left thousands of newly struggling families in need of immediate assistance. 
you can easily coordinate a virtual wine tasting and help Catholic charities at the same time. Each guest will enjoy a sample wine kit that includes wine and a guide, all courtesy of Lewis Glenn's Wines. You can gather your friends and family for this fun event or incorporate a celebration for a birthday, anniversary, or engagement at the same time. To learn more about a virtual home tasting party and how you and your guests can win fabulous raffle prizes, call today at 773-756-6937. That's 773-756-6937. Cheers! Welcome back to Fully Alive, the radio program of the Office of Human Dignity and Solidarity at the Archdiocese of Chicago. You're listening to Dawn and Ray unpack Theology of the Body. And we're not going to get very far because it's huge. (laughs) But still, if you want to listen to us on the first Wednesday of every month at 8 a.m. for the foreseeable future, we hope to be doing this um, at least for a half an hour of, of our show. And how beautiful is that? Is that because that's what uh, JP two did, right? Yes. So we we were taking this lead, right? Every Wednesday, <laughs> except for in our case, it's the morning. It's the morning. In this case, I think it was in the evening. But um, yeah, and that's good to to wake up and and have some sort of a reflection. Uh, start off your day in that sense of uh, talking about your faith, and let's get into it with the theology of the body, right? So we're talking about uh, the uh, the creation story, and we're all kind of experts at this now, uh, in a sense. All of us. All of us, in a sense, right? <laughs> <laughs> but he 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 um, invites us to dive in deeper uh, with this theology of the body, with this uh, uh, catechesis of the Book of Genesis right. here, and um, we're just scratching the surface of the original experiences of man. And we're going to talk about original solitude. When before that, though, I know you uh, you know you usually give this talk to uh, during our echo experience, echo experience yeah. and hopefully we'll have this next year. We invite all to have. To, uh, to participate with us in the Echo experience. So uh, keep an eye out for that soon. Right, because yeah. we actually invite teens and young adults to dive deeply with us yeah, yeah. into Theology of the Body. Um, the young adults actually can spend the whole week, yeah. and they get an opportunity for formation and then to give back and to help us uh, form the teens. Yeah. Um, it's an immersion opportunity into They theology. soak it all in, yeah. and then when uh, the teens come in uh, on a Monday, they're able to give the, to put into practice of what they've right, done. right, yeah. But um, but anyway, so w- once once John Paul II, we were just talking um, right before the break about Matthew nineteen yeah. and where he tells the Pharisees um, that in the beginning it was not so, yeah. and he leads them back and starts talking about what happened um, in the beginning, and of course we don't get as many details there in the gospel as we get from John Paul II. He really unpacks what Jesus was talking about, which is why it's just so important that we have people to walk with us and help us to to really analyze what was going on in the Bible. So he tells us that um, let's let's just kind of unpack what what happened in the beginning. What Mm -hmm. what exactly was that creation story all about? Um, And then he goes into, there's there's two accounts of creation, um, and he starts with the first chapter of Genesis. And I know one of the things, since I was studying Theology of the Body, which I don't know, I feel like I've been doing since the beginning of time mm-hmm. at this point, but uh, I didn't ever realize there were two different accounts, mm-hmm. it, which is kind of crazy. I think it all ran together. Right, yeah. I mean, you remember the big story of God creating the heavens and the earth and how many days it took and that kind of thing. And then all of a sudden he's talking about the Adam and Eve relationship story. Mm-hmm. And, and for whatever reason, I thought that was just all one story, but it's not. Yeah. So. Yeah, and in different ways, right? Like that's why I'm, I'm saying some of us feel like we're experts at this because we've been coloring books <laughs> since we were younger about the creation story, and then yeah, we kind of just mesh it all together as one. Mm-hmm. But there are two different two accounts. accounts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so the first account, um, like I said, we go day by day. Mm-hmm. God, you know, where what God created. And then we learn, you know, that he created the heavens and the earth. He, he created the fish and all the slimy creatures. And he created the animals and he created the trees. And, you know, one thing after another. And then and then finally, he decided to create man. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he created man. And, and he and Adam then had a little bit of a relationship. This is it. Yeah. And he, he gave Adam all... Of the duties of naming the animals and yeah. naming everything on the earth, and I'd love to imagine that. Uh, the, the, excuse me here for a second, because I'd like to imagine Adam having a clipboard, 
Just going, <laughs> going around the garden, just naming oh, the animals. Oh, you alligator! Yes, Rats. alligator. Yeah. That so he's got he's not not just naming them, but getting to know them as well. Yes. So this is original solitude. He was alone with God. Alone with God and almost perfectly happy. Almost perfectly happy. He because he saw God, and when he saw the animals, he saw the trees. He saw God, and he saw the beautiful creator that God was. Right. So. Right, yeah. and and. And he, he knew how beautiful everything was, but yet he still felt this, like something was missing. missing. He was looking around and he's like, okay, I, I like you. You're great. I can be I can be friends with the giraffe. That's right, cool. Right. I'm, I'm glad to be friends with the giraffe. He, and actually everything was in perfect harmony, mm-hmm. except for he still had a feeling of unrest. Right. Uh, and this is an important thing that I always like to highlight, especially when talking to young adults. This is a moment that God made sure that Adam had. Mm-hmm. He was alone with God. And, and he didn't forget anything. He a didn't. lot of people say, well, do you think God made a mistake and he yeah. thought Adam would be okay by himself? And his posture wasn't like, uh, God, you know, he wasn't complaining to God. No. It's like, hey, come on, what are you, what are you doing here? You, you forgot something here. Right. No, he was <laughs> happy. He, was, he, was, uh, he saw God right. in all of the creation. But as you mentioned, there's something there because he saw the horses they had a, you know they had a a, a, a partner for right. them the giraffes right. they had a, a perfect partner for them but then he's like okay hmm all these things are great but they're they're just not like me i'm right. a, i'm original and different and i'm alone with myself and god yeah, yeah. and I, you know with this reflection i'd like to also invite our young people and even uh, for me i consider myself a uh, an old guy now, uh, but I need to reflect on this. Sometimes I, I forget that I, I'm okay being alone with God, and that's okay. It's okay. It's okay because if we don't let ourselves feel this ache, then we're not going to have this the posture that here Adam has when uh, uh, when he saw the for the first time Eve. Yeah, and and there's a reason why John Paul II refers to this as an original experience mm-hmm. because this was an experience that man had to have in order to appreciate the other yeah the other being as a gift the gift yes um so he finally said to god you know or or god thought it was time basically Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and he said well just go to sleep for a little while and then he took one of adam's ribs now remember he created adam out of the earth Mm -hmm. he didn't decide to create woman out of the earth he decided to create woman out of the side of the man and there's a, a lot of reasons for that mm-hmm. um, he didn't create him out of the man's head because then she would have been superior to him he didn't create him out of his feet because then he, she would have been inferior to him she created him out of his side so that they would be equals mm-hmm. and this is a very important point especially in today's world we yeah. understand equality here that yes. God didn't create any, any person superior to any other mm-hmm. we're completely complete equals yeah, and when that when Adam saw Eve for the first time, he said, "Alas, bone of last, my bone, flesh yes. of my flesh," and he was in awe. That of was this. the the Edda James response. Yeah, at last, at last. <laughs> and so he was captured by this. His posture, and again, I'd like to imagine how he was. His posture was gratitude. His posture was in awe. He was thankful of this gift. As you mentioned, Don, he saw Eve, and he's like, wait, I feel like I'm staring at a mirror here. I see myself. But there's also something different. He saw the, uh, the, um, their togetherness, their unity, but also their complementarity as And that's well. a, such a huge point, that God didn't create Adam and Eve exactly the mm-hmm. same. They're equal but they're different. And that's those differences yeah. were so key yes. um, because His, human beings are not whole all yeah. by themselves. And you can totally understand when you look at the other or you look at the opposite sex, yeah. you say, wow, okay, I, I make sense now. Yeah, his body did not make sense before Eve. No. Once he saw Eve, oh. And so it was like a light bulb goes off. Wow, that's why it lasts, at yeah. last. You know, now I make sense. He saw the um, similarities, but also saw the beauty in their differences. Yes, yes, and that's and that's on purpose. God, God created us to be equal, but complementary, yeah. 
and our differences are hugely important. We're doing a, a fast track here, uh, so uh, you know we'll we'll get deeper into it, especially with original nakedness, the the third experience that we're going to talk mm-hmm. about next time. It's hard for us to dive into original nakedness because we're we're here in this in this broken world. We're here in yeah. in uh, after original sin, right? So and so the experience that we were just talking about was the original unity, mm-hmm. which is Adam meeting Eve and realizing that there was an other that was meant to be complementary to him. Um, and that's and that's an important experience. So next time, next time we'll talk about original nakedness, which Tune is in. what happens after uh, after the fall. Okay. So anyway, at, at this point where we're leaving Adam and Eve from this month, yeah. um, they are still in paradise. Everything's mm-hmm. beautiful. They just discovered one another, um, and now they're they're going to enjoy their paradise of of Eden. So with that in mind, it's time for another break. And when we come back, we are going to talk about something completely different. So. Um, <laughs> So we will take a break now, and we'll see you in a few minutes. I believe in the risen one. I believe I overcome by the power of his blood. Amen. It has been inspiring to see how individuals, families, and communities have found ways to help one another throughout 2020. At Catholic Charities, we usually have 35 to 40 events a year where we gather and enjoy time together in support of important programs and services while raising critical funds that allow us to respond to the growing number of people who are in need of the most basic necessities in life. Many of our events are now virtual. If you would like to be a sponsor for one of these events, please call 312-948-6864. That's 312-948-6864. Also, visit us at catholiccharities.net slash events and follow us on social media too. We so look forward to when we can resume our events in person and reconnect with our friends and partners throughout Chicagoland. For now, please consider donating to Catholic Charities so our vital work can continue. Thousands of people in Chicago count on Catholic Charities every day. Please help us help them today. Learn more at catholiccharities.net. Catholic Charities After Supper Visions program offers guests of our Tuesday night supper the opportunity to learn the art of photography. These talented guests who are often experiencing homelessness are offered disposable digital cameras and they work with volunteer professional photographers to learn the basics of taking photos. Then the artists go out and capture images on film of anything they find to be beautiful or interesting in the world. Their photos are amazing. Visit AfterSupperVisions.com to learn more about the artists and their artwork. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn too. At After Supper Visions, we are developing film, talent, and hope. Catholic Charities has had the privilege of helping people in need in Cook and Lake County for more than 100 years. We have been ready through many historic moments and we continue to respond with competence and compassion during these unprecedented times. We would like to take this opportunity to thank our frontline workers who, despite the risks, excel at their jobs every day. From the warehouse staff members who pack boxes of nutritious foods for low-income seniors, to the dedicated WIC employees who remain open for families with children under the age of five, to our volunteers and restaurant partners who ensure that to-go meals continue for the homeless, to our home care aides, service coordinators, and trained counselors who continue their work in the most innovative ways, to our food pantry staff, and to all those who work at Catholic Charities Call Center, finding solutions for every person who reaches out to us for help. Charity is at the heart of all you do, and we salute you. Listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. Every Monday through Friday from 8 AM to 9 AM, the Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago.
Welcome back to Fully Alive. You're listening to Dawn and Ray. We just did a quick 30-minute uh, reflection on a very teeny tiny piece of Theology of the Body. Um, the more I talk about it, the more I, I learn about it. Yeah. And, and there's so Same. much. Yeah, it's, it's such an incredible teaching. It's a small piece, but it's a foundational piece as well. Oh, yeah. Well, and it just explains it explains our faith. The more you get into it, the more you understand what the mass is all about, mm-hmm, the more you understand mm-hmm. why Jesus came and what we're looking forward to mm-hmm. uh, in, in the afterlife and eternal life. Um, okay, so what we're, we're going to talk more about that next month. So for now, we have invited one of our coworkers uh, as a guest to come and talk about um, our immigration ministry and, um, and some of the, uh, the things they're doing to, to raise some funds. Mm-hmm. And so joining us is Mark Goebel, who is the Assistant Director for Development from our Office of Human Dignity and Solidarity. Welcome, Mark. Thank you so much. Hello, Don, and hello, Ray. How are you guys today? We're we're good. It's a beautiful morning, and uh, I can't wait to talk more about the Keep Hope Alive. How beautiful is that? A great transition into, we just talked about the theology of the body and getting to know our faith, and now we're talking about how, you know, we need to continue on this, our our hope, keeping our hope alive in Jesus. Absolutely. So, so Mark, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, what you do in immigration ministry and, uh, and then what this, this event's all about? Certainly. Great. So the Archdiocese of Chicago's Immigration Ministry, the mission for the ministry is to build communion uh, between immigrants and non-immigrants because we recognize that we are all brothers and sisters in Christ. And also, it's about working to provide accompaniment to our immigrant brothers and sisters and empower them. What mm-hmm. we want to do is help to form them and integrate immigrants as full citizens mm-hmm. in society. And, of course, this is a long process because immigrants in this country might be in various stages of their progression um, as residents living here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when, when you, I like when you said it's br- bringing people into full communion with each other, um, which is yes. what we do it with our church, right? We're, it's all about community and about having, having the same beliefs and uh, work, you know, we all worship the same Jesus. Indeed, yeah. So the Catholic Church, of course, has long recognized that as a church, we are a church of immigrants, mm-hmm. uh, particularly here in the United States. Uh, you know, almost all of us have an immigrant uh, background with connection to people who emigrated here from other countries. And again, we recognize also that as Christians, that our, our, true, our true home is going to be our eternal home in heaven someday. So, you know, what we want to do is try to work together as one human family. Mm-hmm. And uh, we all recognize that um, the pro-life issue cuts across many different, many different uh, topics and areas, uh, sure. including immigration. Mm-hmm. So this is one huge priority for the Church, is yes. how we treat immigrants and how we help them as human beings. Sure, sure. I mean, these are all among our corporal works of mercy, right? To uh, to welcome the stranger, to feed the hungry, to clothe the naked, um, and just essentially just, just to accompany people through their yeah. walk in life, right? I think that's a great point. That accompaniment uh, that the, the ministry is doing, the immigration ministry is doing, is that it's it, they're not just giving... The resources are not just giving information, but really truly becoming a resource themselves and, mm-hmm. and guiding their brothers and sisters in this. Sure. And we're all... Indeed, and... Go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was no, just, go ahead. Uh, okay, I was just going to say we're, we're, we're told over and over again that we are the hands and feet of Jesus mm-hmm. on this earth. And that's, that's exactly what we're talking about here, right? We're serving someone as Jesus served um, and walking with them. Sure. And a couple of the huge priorities for immigration ministry is, of course, to work towards a comprehensive immigration reform. And that is a process which 
has taken many years. Uh, our ministry has been, has been around for, um, on this journey for 15 years, ever since 2005. Um, we have been responding to the U uh, United States Conference of Catholic Bishops Catholic Campaign for Immigration Reform. And uh, part of this has been working towards the humane treatment of immigrants, of migrants and refugees, mm -hmm. and promoting global solidarity. And just a few years later, in 2008, we had launched a ministry which is called an Immigrant Leadership Ministry, or Pastel Negatoria, which is about forming lay leaders. These are immigrant lay leaders um, who are basically reaching out to their fellow immigrant brothers and sisters through service, justice, and accompaniment actions in their local communities. And today, this ministry engages over 300 Hispanic and Polish lay leaders mm -hmm. in over 60 immigrant parishes across four U.S. dioceses. Beautiful. So not just Chicago, but we're outreaching across the country. That's great. So... Um, and in order to do this ministry, like anything else, uh, we need donations. We need uh, people to to bless us, uh, just as we do in Respect Life Ministry and in all the ministries. Um, we 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 uh, we seek we seek the goodness of people's hearts. Their donations. So your big donor opportunity for the year is an an event you call Keep Hope Alive. So let's talk about that real for the next couple minutes. Certainly, thank you. So this year's event is going to be on October 29th, mm -hmm. Thursday, October 29th. So we're just a couple months away, just about, just about two months away. And what's unique this year is because of the pandemic, we have had to make it a virtual event. And this year's theme is 15 Years United for Immigrant Justice. As I mentioned a couple moments ago, it's been since 2005 that we have been responding to um, the call of the U.S. Catholic bishops for uh, working towards justice for immigrants. Mm -hmm. And so we're emphasizing the 15 years that we've been working on this issue, united with many networks, with many other organizations, um, united as one body of Christ for mm -hmm. immigrant justice. And this event, it's going to be live streamed with free registration again that's free registration okay. and there are many different ways that people can help to not just support this event but also more importantly through this event they will support our ministries at both local and national levels and those opportunities include organizations or individuals that would want to consider becoming a sponsor. There are different sponsor levels which are available, and people could also make a, a donation at the time that they register for the Keep Hope Alive event. Or I would imagine they could donate at some time during that evening as well. Is there, sure. Hey, Mark, is there a website that uh, people can uh, uh, head to to get more information about this great event? Certainly, right. So the website is keephopealive2020.org. Again, that's keephopealive2020.org. And on that website, you will find a description of the event, as well as a form and information on how to become a sponsor, or if you want to make a donation. Okay. And uh, what will be ready in just a few days, we will have ready the registration site itself, which will enable you to, again, make a free registration to be able to take part in this event on October 29th. So it's going to be a wonderful uh, event. The host is going to be Cardinal Stupich. And we've just been so blessed every year to have the Cardinal support in hosting this event. So once again this year, um, you have the opportunity to to come, and you'll not only hear from Cardinal Supich, but we have a chair for this event, and many people who are connected with the immigration um, movement in the U.S., and even 
in other countries will recognize our chair. Her name is Sister Norma Pimentel. Mm -hmm. She is a uh, missionary sister, and she is currently the executive director of Catholic Charities of the Rio Grande Valley. And for many, many years, she has been active in ministry as a leader to families at the border. So she's the chair for the event, and she will be also offering some some words some words to people that are that are uh, joining us that evening. And we have a number of um, other speakers, including uh, leadership of our ministry, uh, Elena Segura and Miguel Salazar, and several lay leaders at local and national levels will be joining us to give a testimony for what the ministry has meant and how it has transformed not just their own lives, but people's lives in their communities. Okay. Well, that sounds great. So we're just about to have to go to break. So if you can tell everybody again how they can get more information and register for this event, Mark. Certainly. So please visit keephopealive2020.org. Again, that's keephopealive2020.org. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, Mark. And uh, we really appreciate hearing about more about immigration. And we're looking forward to that event. Um, right now, we're going to take a quick break. And then Ray and I will be back with more things coming up in just a minute. When you think of the word neighbor, warm and friendly thoughts come to mind. Think of smiles across the yard, positive wishes, and looking out for one another on an ongoing basis. Catholic Charities Neighbors in Need Fund inspires all of these and much more. We've seen an unprecedented number of requests for assistance this year from people who have never needed help before. When you make your gift to the Neighbors in Need Fund, you are igniting hope in the lives of your most vulnerable neighbors, especially individuals and families who continue to struggle to put food on the table and keep a roof over their heads. Your gift will give them the resources they need to overcome the unexpected, very serious circumstances in which they find themselves now. Give online at catholiccharities.net or call 312-948-6087. That's 312-948-6087. Catholic Charities Neighbors in Need Fund. Thank you for helping build a world of kindness, one neighbor to another. Have you checked out Chicago Catholic lately? Either in print or online, Chicago Catholic has informative and stimulating content, including news from the Archdiocese, beautiful photographs, and a thoughtful column by our publisher, Cardinal Blaise Zupich. Editor Joyce DeRiga tells us about our current edition of Chicago Catholic. We talked to the Office for the Protection of Children and Youth about keeping kids safe from abuse during the pandemic. We visit the soup kitchen at Most Blessed Trinity in Waukegan, which has been serving hot meals to those in need throughout the pandemic. And we introduce you to the oldest Benedictine nun alive today. She's 107. Subscribe now. Go to chicagocatholic.com or call 312-534-7777. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Chicago Catholic, a fresh approach to Catholic news. Catholic Charities Divine Affair home tasting parties are going virtual. This year marks the 20th anniversary of Divine Affair, the elegant wine tasting event that benefits our self-sufficiency programs. Low-income single parents with dependent children are trying to break the cycle of welfare and poverty. Today, the need is greater than ever as the COVID-19 pandemic has left thousands of newly struggling families in need of immediate assistance. You can easily coordinate a virtual wine tasting and help Catholic Charities at the same time. Each guest will enjoy a sample wine kit that includes wine and a guide, all courtesy of Lewis Glenn's Wines. You can gather your friends and family for this fun event or incorporate a celebration for a birthday, anniversary, or engagement at the same time. To learn more about a virtual home tasting party and how you and your guests can win fabulous raffle prizes, call today at 773-756-6937. That's 773-756-6937. Cheers. I believe in the sun. I believe in the 
Okay, we are now in our final segment of Fully Alive this Wednesday morning. Um, we would like to talk to you now about something that's coming up in October that comes up every year, um, and that's Respect Life Month. Now, interestingly enough, it's just totally apropos that we are in the midst of walking through theology of the body, mm-hmm. who, which is, you know, I, I think part of John Paul II's greatest legacy um, although he had so many teachings and he promulgated so many documents that are so important to our church, and one doc, such document that he put out in the ni- in what 1995 Five. Yeah. was Evangelium Vitae, mm-hmm. which is translated to meet, say the Gospel of Life. Mm-hmm. Um, the Gospel of Life is a very important document to understand our times, to understand what we're going through, and it was prophetic just like so many things yeah. that our popes have written over the years, just prophetic about where the world was going and what was happening and, and things we needed to do to fix it. Um, so this month, I, I think we did a whole discussion on the gospel of life a couple months ago, didn't we, Ray? A little bit, yes. Yeah, yeah. here, and we've been doing some book studies on it um, because the theme of Respect Life Month is live the gospel of life. Mm-hmm. And just a reminder for all that the Respect Life Month is not just a month, but really it extends to throughout the whole year. So this is uh, the theme that we're carrying um, from uh, October of this this year until October of, of next. Right. So, so it officially kicks off on the first Sunday, which is October 4th, and will continue until the next year. Live the gospel of life. Live is that the right? gospel yeah. of life. Yes, absolutely. Now, it, it's very clever because the USCCB is recognizing the need to put out everything in English and Spanish. Mm, mm-hmm. So all the documents are two-sided. Um, English on one side, Spanish on the other. And there's always a poster that they send along. Um, now, you know, we, there's a packet that comes out. And, yes. and we have chosen in our diocese to give the parishes the option to order a packet through us. Um, we'll, we can send one free one out for people who've requested them. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can still get them even if you didn't request one or if um, you want more than one. The USCCB has them for a very minimal cost that you can get. Um, and also this year... Everything is is linked to more and more uh, digital uh, digital materials. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and uh, as Don mentioned uh, as well, we've been having uh, a couple of book clubs here and there, just exploring what uh, JP two uh, has written in the Gospel of Life, uh, and we're gonna have some more of those as well. We're gonna set out some invitations to. All of our listeners here uh, will send out some um, some emails as well just to invite everyone to just dive into this great uh, encyclical uh, yes. that he has written uh, back in 1995 and rings true today. Yes. I feel like he's – I feel like uh, w- when I was reading this book and I, I read it maybe five times already, I feel like he's talking to me right here, right now. Like I feel like it's an email that he just written. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, because it really does speak to our times right now. Absolutely. Well, and he coined a phrase, um, the culture of death, which I think that many of you have probably heard, mm-hmm. um, and, and just basically putting his finger on where we were living today. And we're not living in a culture of life. We're living in a culture of death. But we would like, you know, instead our response should be building the culture of life. Mm-hmm. So um, that's what he's he's calling living the gospel of life because it's all about life, right? Yeah. Lord, the Jesus came to give us life and give it abundantly, hence the name of this radio program, Living right. Fully Alive. Yeah, and so. it's the gospel. It's the good news. And when you hear the good news, you're joyful. You know, you share this uh, with, with the fullness of your hearts. And uh, as you mentioned, Don, it's about Jesus. It's mm-hmm. about his life. And and uh, it's a great reminder for us to yes. respect life uh, from the moment of conception until natu- natural death and everything in between, right? Sure. And if anybody ever wonders where God's priority was in creation, mm. um, it, it, Jesus is the answer mm-hmm. because he didn't choose to have Jesus come to us as a tree. Mm-hmm. He didn't choose to have Jesus come to us as the wind, um, although we do have the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. But that is, you know, this, the word of God in spirit that was left behind for us. Yeah. Um, God became flesh. He became human, which tells us that human beings are very important. Yeah, and uh, we need to recognize that and be reminded of it as well. As you mentioned, Don, we are called to build this culture of life. Uh, Pope Francis calls it the uh, uh, the throwaway culture. We need to stay away from that. We need to really um, uh, build this culture of life mm-hmm. uh, that uh, that God is calling us to, inviting us to. Sure. 
Sure. And we could, I mean, we could spend all day talking about yeah. what, the evidence that we're living in a culture of death. But more importantly, we, we want everyone to, to know that our job is to build the culture of life. Mm-hmm. Um, so in studying that encyclical, um, Evangelium Vitae, it really would have helped you to understand what the, what what are the signs of the culture of death and how can we overcome them? Yeah. So so that's an important part of it. Yeah, i just like to also highlight here, uh, he mentioned this in uh, towards the last chapter of the book. And it's a, it's a, it's not a book, it's an encyclical. It's a short encyclical and he, he says this towards the end here and he says, uh, our family, the domestic church, our family is a sanctuary for life. Mm-hmm. And what a great call for us um, in, in the family, building up the domestic church. What a great call for us to make sure that we are building up the domestic church and we are a sanctuary for life. Yes, yeah. because not everywhere is that so. Right. And but and it yet, starts with. Yes, yeah, absolutely. It starts with the family. So, so another thing that we're really going to highlight in this next year um, with the living the gospel of life is something called walking with moms in need. Yes. Because it is our, our call to um, respect life from conception and natural death and to help people to live life to the full mm-hmm. um, and not to, you know, strip away their dignity or, or not treat them as if they have God-given dignity. Um, and there are many, a, a lot of times we can recognize that with the women feel that, you know, it's difficult for them to choose life and it's difficult for them to have that abundant life mm-hmm. because they may not have any support or they may not have people to walk with them. They may not have, they may not know where to go for help, even though we, it is available. Right. So, um, we're hoping to be, you know, marketers to everyone to say, if you have an issue, if you have a need, if you are, are lacking in some way, um, the first stop should be the church right. because we have resources for you. We have people who love you. We have people who will walk with you. We have people who will give you places to live, you know, health care, food, um, education, show you how to get, you know, uh, pick a doctor, keep, take you out of an abusive situation, whatever it is. Yeah. This is what we as a church can do. So that's what the Walking with Moms and Needs part of this initiative is all about. And we do hope to get all the churches involved in this in the next month or two um, so that we we can start to be a megaphone for what we can do to walk with people as they need help. And we we need your help in, in this as well. So if you're interested in helping in any way, uh, and I, I know a, a few of our parishes have this uh, already, uh, but this is a great initiative uh, nationwide to... Uh, to build up the the churches, to build up the parishes, to be that center, to be mm-hmm. that that community, to be that family, to welcome. Yes. And also, it's it's so important this that at this time in in the world we are in an election year, um, and one of the things that this this program talks about is Catholic priorities at the polls, mm-hmm. and something we call faithful citizenship. Um, and incidentally, we're going to be doing a workshop on the 16th of September. I'm excited about um, that on faithful yeah. citizenship. For you know anyone who's interested to know what is it we're supposed to do as Catholics when it comes to voting, how are we supposed to choose um, who to vote for, and and what is our job when it comes to standing standing up for the truth? So we're going to be talking about that on the 16th. You can go to the Office of Human Dignity and Solidarity website or respectlifechicago.org probably next week, um, and and sign up to attend that webinar. Uh, it'll be 3 p.m. Central Time. On um, when the sixteenth, sixteenth, yes, yeah. the sixteenth of of September, September sixteenth. Um, so there's more information about about these priorities also in the packet, um, and it provides a brief overview of Catholics' responsibilities to protect and defend human life as we approach the polls, and it explains why the U.S. bishops recently affirmed that the threat of abortion remains our preeminent priority. So I'm going to leave you on that note, and we'll be back to talk more about all things life um, and all things dignity with human beings in October. So you all have a wonderful month and God bless you. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org and clicking on radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.